Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. And today on the show is Stephen Hill, the head of North American Global Marketing for Warp Records. I'm so excited to have them. I'm so honored to have them on the show and to join our community. And today we're actually talking about marketing because he's the head of North American Global Marketing. And so it's a great way to, to kind of reconnect with our series that we did last month on marketing. And if you missed out on that series, make sure you catch up by going to otherrecordlabels.com slash marketing. But today we talk a lot about marketing for record labels, but do make sure you go to otherrecordlabels.com slash marketing, where all of our marketing resources including our marketing checklist, our previous episodes on marketing, and some articles on marketing. I've said marketing about 15 times now, but otherrecordlabels.com slash marketing. Here's something exciting. I know you're looking at me right now on this podcast or you're uh, you're envisioning me and you're thinking, Scott, where did you get that lovely uh, sweatshirt that you're wearing that says start a record label? That looks like it must be other record labels, official merchandise. And yes, your imagination is correct. I am wearing a sweatshirt. And just yesterday I was wearing a hoodie that said start a record label on it. And if you want to be just like me, which I would highly not suggest, Go to otherrecordlabels.com slash merch where you can check out our new line of official Other Record Labels merchandise that says start a record label because we want everybody to start a record label. Everybody can start a record label. Thank goodness. Go to otherrecordlabels.com slash merch to check out our new items. What I, uh, Yeah, I mean, I love this. We covered this topic in a series just last month. And I, what I want to I want to ask you, I mean, I really want to go kind of geeked out on this topic. And, and let me start with... Uh, talking about artist involvement, how often is the artist involved in the marketing campaign planning? And I mean, it must be a mixture of artists who completely trust you to come up with something versus an artist who brings you a plan all laid out. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, it really does vary by the artist. Um, I think, you know, as much as, uh, you know, I guess trust might her part, as much as anything, I think it's artists that are interested in it or uh. not interested in it. And um, also, yeah, I, th I think in general, you know, marketing campaigns, projects around albums are always um, infinitely better when the artist is engaged and, and, in a, and able to contribute. But, you know, that contribution can be valuable in really different ways um you know some of our artists might just give us a seed of an idea when they deliver a record um which gives us something you know mm. and the team here something to kind of run, run with and you know and we'll send back a bunch of ideas that, that are in line with or what we think is in line with their intention and their their direction um and they'll say you know areas that they're, they're into areas that they're not into and that's the extent of their involvement but in some ways that can be really powerful because there it, it can give the team something to get their teeth into and, and to feel um, a certain level of um, agency and empowerment with. Hmm. Um, but as well, you, you're not kind of shooting completely in the dark, you know? Right. Right. Um, so that can be a really powerful, powerful thing. You know, other artists really like to work, through everything and, and discuss every single drop, like the detail of even, you know, the platforms that we might use on a particular drop. Oh, interesting. And that's great too, you know. Um, it's it, it's really what makes it fun. Um, but, you know, part of the art really is is understanding the artist, having the relationship with the artist that 
that we we know what type of involvement they want and and help to um, give them that access to what we're doing. Um, you know, the, at the right level. You know, so um, so you don't have a preference for then. Our project. So do you, do you have a preference? Like no, it, no. Okay, no, I don't think so. I think the pre. I mean, the preference is um, having a, creating a space where the artist feels. Um, able to contribute mm. in the way that they feel is is applicable and 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 they want mm. i think that's really the goal you know for us um and for the team here so really like the, the way that artists have those differences with artists help to keep it fresh help to give give um different projects different flavors and, and things but really you know we're we're big in, believers in in you know any promotion around a record uh an album a single a video etc should be in line with the artistic intention um so that would always be be our our, our goal that that we're we're creating that environment that artists can feel that they can um contribute regardless if an artist is super involved or or like you said, maybe you're just not interested to be involved. How does the music direct your marketing? Presumably most campaigns start with just the songs. So how do those songs start to form any sort of basis for a marketing campaign? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, we'll start, we'll start any project by listening. <laughs> um, it sounds obvious, yeah. but, um, but I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's not. No, um, no, I don't think it is. Um, I think, you know, whether it's a demo stage where, and again, you know, different projects, you know, some artists are more, you know, want us to hear things at demo stage, you know, right. you, you know, some might just want A&R to hear it at, at demo stage. Others might want wider team, you know, other mm -hmm. relationships they have across the label. Um, but, you know, hearing the music is always the root of everything, everything else. And, um, you know, increasingly, the, the the long tail of any any project is completely dominated by by the music and and the music finding an audience so so yeah you know every single campaign is 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 built out from the music you know i guess like you know the obvious thing is 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 helping contribute into picking singles to picking yeah. rollout yeah rollouts you know which songs to to invest in um with content you know whether that's videos or you know general promotion or or even just time, you know, just emphasis of, of, of strategizing, you know, mm. picking those, picking the ones that, that we collectively alongside the artists will have, have a shot, you know, sometimes like the way we release music will be, will be really, um, you know, an essential part of the marketing plan, you know, um, for example, you know, with the last one of Chips Point Never album, you know, we worked with, with, um, OPN to to develop like how he would he wanted the music to be heard for the first time and mm. you know that developed with the team here into releasing the music instead of standalone singles in a um in a series of suites um oh. that, that followed the the journey of the record so so you know sometimes the way we release music is very aligned to to you know the the initial experience that we want um, the, the, the artist involved wants their fans to, to hear. Um, and obviously in that we, we contribute our understanding and expertise around the platforms, the, sure. the media, you know, how, you know, certain things that we, 
can optimize the rollout, whether it's with a Spotify or, or an Apple or YouTube or right, radio right. or press, et cetera. So, you know, we'd always contribute those, those insights to, to an artist and discuss those, but, but yeah, I mean, sorry. Yeah, no, I just wanted to, on this topic, like, do you think that, uh, lyrics or, or like uh, the message behind the album, uh, drives a campaign or is it sometimes, is it more sonic, uh, aesthetic? Um, well, yeah, again, I'm going to, sorry to be kind of <laughs> boring, but it's just really about the, the, the release and, and the story, you know, yeah. some albums have really clear narratives, you know, sure. you talk about artists like, you know, um, I know, like Flying Lotus or, or One of Chicks Point Never or Boards of Canada or Colella, mm. you know, these, these artists and countless others <laughs> on our particular label you know, have a real clear idea of a narrative for a record and a, and a, and a yeah, vision and, yeah. and a statement around a record. And when that exists, you know, we'll, we'll aim to help tell the story through, through the marketing. Um, but, you know, other records, you, you know, are very willfully don't have that, you know, don't have an overarching idea or, or concept for want of a better word. So, you know, it's purely about the music. And yeah. so, you know, then we'll focus on that, but, it's, it's just really about being flexible, listening, um, and trying to marry those those desires and that like integrity with with a marketing plan, campaign that can be successful and 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 bring a certain level of I, I guess kind of commercial understanding mm. to the to the rollout. One of my favorite things as a music fan, and and the anticipation is my favorite part, but I. I one of the favorite things is when an album has a brand unto itself, like a cohesive visual aesthetic to the campaign in the pre-release singles and the album art and the merch and the posters, uh, even photo shoots is there's this branding that an album is sometimes given as if it were its own company or something. Is that something that's talked about explicitly on, on the projects you work on? Um, <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay. Um, you know, I love that too. You yeah. know, I think obviously there's, you know, it's the type of music I like. It's the type of art I like, you know, mm. uh, but I'm not, you know, there's other people at the label and other members of the team that love different things, you know, right? Um, which is really great. Um, so, you know, but, but certainly when there's a concept to be told and that's something that the artist wants to make, make clear, then, you know, that's something that we'll talk about considerably you know mm -hmm. um, and 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 you know in some instances that narrative is is really something that will will be you know, put a lot of focus on um we we try i mean it's it's really like you know I, I always like campaigns marketing you know not just in music honestly mm -hmm. you know music and and our peer labels that do great work as well of course um in this space i love but you know in in other things too you know in other forms of art in film um in television sure. in, in in fine art in technology yeah you know i i really gravitate to those things that, that you know tell a story and and give kind of multiple entry points to people but are not too explicit you know like, yeah yeah, yeah. things too too heavy-handed and um leave room for uh for the viewer or the fan to, to kind of see things that they want to see in the work. Um, so you, I, I, that, 
Do you draw insp- inspiration from those campaigns? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone does things really differently. And, and, you know, I don't think there's any right or wrong way mm-hmm. to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, you know, in, in, in projects that, you know, that we've done and I've been involved, you know, like my time, you know, very specifically running projects, which I don't do as much now, but, you know, those, those were always inspirations to me. Um, yeah. of, you know, ways to tell artist stories that might be, that might feel like a little, a little innovative in the music space or, mm. um, you know, as much as you can ever be innovative. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> obviously most, most ideas have been done or, yeah. or iterated sure. through other people, but you, you try and find inspiration in all of that because it, it just, it just keeps you interested, you know, yeah. and, and you fresh and, and um, give you keep keep giving you ideas, really. Um, uh, it definitely uh, feels more creative to pull inspiration from a craft beer company or a fine art release as a than than it is to pull inspiration from your peers in, in record labels. It just feels like more appropriate, almost. I mean, yeah. I mean, we take I, you know, I and the team take inspiration from from other labels sure. too. You know, sure. big big respect to of what people do and there's so many great people working in music and it's one of the really inspiring things about working in mm. music you know the way that the community is is really passionate for what they do and really energized for what they do and um you know it's a really exciting community to be part of you know that, right. that i don't think it's <laughs> it, you know it's not as common um in in other industries yes, you know? very true very um, true so, so I, I'd certainly say we do get inspiration from that mm. and, and we take kind of, you know, we benchmark things all the time and, and keep yeah. a close eye of what's going on. But, but yeah, you can sometimes, sometimes it's, um, I mean, you know, and maybe your listeners will, will identify with it. You know, sometimes you can, it's easy to become ingrained and, uh, you know, habit you know these yeah. habits form over time <laughs> yeah especially <laughs> in this as long as i have and and, and you know sometimes you've got to break those habits and right i find looking outside of music is kind of helpful to break the habits or look at things in a slightly different way um where taking inspiration from other music campaigns can maybe less helpful. That's right. But, you know, I'm really speaking about me here and you, rather, I mean, everyone will have their own process, but, but yeah, it can certainly get um, <laughs> inspiring <laughs> with it, looking at different things and, and just kind of open up. Well, that's it's like the, kind of detuning a guitar or something, you know, when you, yeah. you detune a guitar and it's you a just new hit world. notes and then, yeah. yeah, they just don't quite hit the same as the expected way. So uh, yeah, yeah. it's just that unexpected, like, oh, whoa, that does that. <laughs> um, it's quite, quite, yeah. cool to, quite a cool energy to retain. That is such a great point. And I mean, just, and I'm going to want to emphasize that to our listeners, but like just that idea of looking outside of music um, for inspiration is, is, it really is cool just because those guys aren't following our templates and and like you say we are we can be stuck a little bit that's great advice very good advice <laughs> yeah and uh, no it's like, i think i think it's cool and but you know obviously i don't want <laughs> i want to be clear you know especially i mean now probably more than any time in 
in in the era that I've been working in music, you know, it's about the artist, it's about the community that the artist is able to foster. It's about the music. You know, the marketing side is probably a tiny percentage sure. of, of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, as much as, you know, like we're definitely very, very clear that, you know, the artist's intent, the artistic intention behind something always trumps, you know, if we've got some harebrained scheme <laughs> that we've seen, like you say, sure. a, brewery, a brewery do or a, yeah, know, yeah. Um, it will always be trumped by what the market, what the artist wants to do. Right. And, you know, you know, at the end of the day, we're respectful that that is the core thing. You know, that's the thing that makes really people care at the end of the day. But because I could imagine, <laughs> I could imagine there'd be a scenario where you've come up with, you've, you've sat, you've seen an idea or you've come up with an idea. There could be that temptation to try to shoehorn an, an upcoming campaign into your pre-existing idea. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. uh, Totally. And, um, yeah, getting, uh, you know, getting, getting told no is definitely (laughs) a core part of the job, you know? Um, but you just, you've always got, uh, you know, you've got, I, I, I wouldn't even say it needs that much of a thick skin. Sometimes it needs a bit of a thick skin, you know, but, but I think, I think certainly the team at Warp and, and I'm sure many others are, are very aware, you know, very self-aware enough that like, and especially in the independent community, um, you know, that people are really artist driven and, and, you know, mm-hmm. really see that. Um, but you know, it, there's, there's definitely an element of, of the marketing that we all have that we want to do that we really believe in. <laughs> yeah. Um, we really, we, we really feel that it can make a difference, but you know, if the, at the end of the day, if the artist doesn't want to do it, we'll make a case for the, for it and and we'll explain why we think what we think and and yeah. why we think it could be beneficial but at the end of the day if the artist hears that and doesn't agree or wants to go a different route that's always the route we're, we're going to take so it's like um, when uh, a producer or an engineer gets a new toy in the studio and is, <laughs> wants the artist to use it <laughs> yeah no it, it's, it's true yeah it's true and and you, you know you've got you've always got you know, those situations like, I don't know, like a bleak strategies or something, the brain, you know, right. thing where yeah, you that's kind of right. get that artist to think uh, about things in different ways. I mean, some of I mean, I think it's, it's a real nature of the, the kind of people that we work with. Um, but they, you know, they do tend to have quite strong ideas and really inspiring ideas about how they sh- their music should be heard and mm. how it can be perceived. Um, and what's really cool is when you're able to talk to an artist and say, we feel like we need something, you know, we need something that the fans are going to really like in this two week period when we've got yeah. a bit of a gap in the campaign or, or alongside your, right. this live show or something. And you can sort of give them a challenge to, <laughs> yeah. you know, fill it in a way that, that is appropriate to them and they can get inspired by, you know, that's always quite a fun way to, to get things, um, you know, when, but I, you know, not for every artist, but for those, the artists that do really sure, are really interested sure. in the rollout and, 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 you know, that kind of minutiae, that can be really, really great way to, uh, to get some inspiration into things. 
I, I, want, I want to move on from aesthetics, but I, I, I'm a big fan of artwork, especially in electronic music, especially with you guys. As I was going through your band camp today, I was like, oh, I forgot that that was Warp. And the, <coughs> uh, the record that came out last year, I think, the Space 1.8, like that has that album artwork I remember seeing all over the place. And even Daniel Rawson's record, I, I love the artwork on that one. And anyway, I want to ask you, um, does artwork play a significant role in how you build a campaign or, or part of the campaign? Like what if the artwork isn't captivating enough or exciting? And I know it's subjective, but at the same time, I don't really think good artwork is subjective. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, it's like a lot. Yeah. That's an interesting question. Uh, I don't want to, I mean, what is good artwork? You know, good artwork is kind of in the box for the beholder you know but mm. then also there's those artworks that stand the test of time that sure. it's kind of hard to put your finger on sure why why that's so good you know yeah. i think sometimes it's just in it's the same with the music you know it's it's like you know there's just oftentimes just something about a mu a piece a song or an album that really transcends over time that is not always immediately apparent yeah. Um, especially in the, in the kind of, you know, more experimental forms and, and things. And I think it's the same with artwork, but, you know, I mean, artwork for Warp, I mean, I'll, I'll go back cause I'm not one of the, the I've been worked at Warp for, you know, 16 years or so now, but right. I'm not a founder of the label, sure. but I know that, you know, the, the origins of, of the, of Warp were really artwork driven, you know, yeah. I know, um, Steve, Rob, and, and Winston, who originally founded the, the label, you know, they, they looked at labels at the time, like 4AD, and had, you know, all that they were getting all that they ran a record store in, in, in Sheffield, the, in the UK, and they were getting all these amazing, um, uh, you know, dub plates and, and mm -hmm. 12 inches that were play, being played in clubs, and like these, these guys making weird kind of, techno record uk techno records at the time were yeah. also making these more downbeat like stranger weirder headier tracks um that they thought were really exciting and you know out of that that uh 12 inch culture a very like single you know mm. one-off tracks they really saw the potential of artwork and and formatting you know long play albums as a way of giving this these producers and this experimental music that was emerging you know a different platform sure yeah um and a different level of scale you know and artwork has always been so core to the label you know the visual aesthetic with videos has always been so core and you know led to warp starting a film company and various other things that were very you know aesthetically driven mm -hmm. you know even things like you know the early web stores were, were highly designed and right the people who 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 designed like designers republic who who designed a lot of the 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 warp um you know the early warp stuff but still still work with us now to this day mm -hmm. you know on on many releases and many projects you know they were all really heavily designed and the aesthetic is really 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 important um and it's important to our artists, you know, yeah. I mean, we, we now work with a huge range of artists, but there really is an, an energy and a spirit that runs through all of them, whatever type of music they make. And they always have really, really strong visual 
um, uh, uh, a very strong aesthetic. So yeah, artwork would be really, really huge. Um, but you know, sometimes, you know, the art might not be the, the clearest thing or it might work on, you know, it might be, I don't know, it might be a quite a simple front pack shot, you know? Yeah. And then it, when, if you get the record, you, you, you buy the record and it's got a gatefold and sure. it opens out and into this hugely colorful, vibrant, you know, direct thing. Oh, that's a cool, you know, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll, 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 we'll think about, tr- we'll try and think about what, how the artwork manifests, what's strong, you know, sometimes you might lead with a, a photo of the artist, for example, you know, mm-hmm. other times you might need the art, the, the artwork. Other times there might be, you know, elements with the artwork that we might pull out and, and, and put a bit more emphasis on in our promotion. So it, it will just really, really depend. But I think we, you have to be aware of the different context that the artwork lives within on any campaign. And, you know, like you mentioned with, with the Nala Sinefro album, um, Space 1.8, you yeah. know, that artwork is so striking. And there is you know, especially in this, you know, very fragmented, um, media space, sometimes the artwork gives you that, that, um, what's the word like through point, you know, yeah, that, that yeah. like instantly recognizable thing that, you know, people might not notice on first viewing, second viewing, third viewing, 10th viewing, yeah. but, you know, over time seeing that, you know, seeing that bold color, that direct, like very direct, clean kind of something about um, it yeah and i what i love about it is i first saw it my local record store does live streams on instagram every week and they will um just show the new releases that that came in the shop and that was the first time i saw it was they're just you know throwing these records down on the desk (laughs) and then they throw that one and i was like Every, and you could tell, like they commented on the artwork when they were doing the stream, and other people commented on it. Like it really did stand out. And so I feel like sometimes you can, you know, the artwork can really help the record. Not to say anything, you know, about the music at all. It's just regardless of the music, that can really have an impact. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure um, Nala would be, you know. Like Nalas and Efra and and the team that worked on that would just be delighted to hear that, you know, because mm. um, you know it's just it's hard to separate. Uh, I mean, honestly, you know, so, for so many of our artists, the artwork is such a central part of the creation process and having having that image that represents the album effectively and represents the music is such a key part of it. You know, it's, it's it, it isn't really separate separated you know um so when that when that works uh and and people appreciate it um they're you know they'd be stoked i'm sure (laughs) um let's talk about outside the box marketing and and guerrilla marketing if that's still a term but and maybe i'm getting old and boring well i definitely am getting old and boring but i'm wondering if audiences are getting more sophisticated and less impressed with flash mobs or scavenger hunts And, and again I could just be projecting my own lack of enthusiasm, but these out of home gamification style campaigns, like what's the, the current 
culture status with that. Like Arcade Fire used to do it, or um, you know, maybe even too like with when with Radiohead originally uh, uh, with their name, their price type of thing. T- tell me about that, and 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 what your thoughts are on that type of like unique advertising. Um, yeah, it's an interesting question. Uh, I mean, outdoor is is definitely something we think about all the time and the efficacy of it and the value of it. Sure. Um, I mean, I think it's changing for sure. Um, I don't, I think people, I, I think there's, I mean, I think there's a little bit of a, a misperception around online um, outdoor advertising in general. This is the way I see it. I could, I could obviously be wrong, but (laughs) no, I, I think that, you know, really effective outdoor advertising, there needs to be some level of pre-awareness of a, of a project. Okay. Um, and it needs, um, you know, a a certain level of volume, a certain level of, of frequency, in advertising is called like the, the reach and frequency, mm. which I'm sure most of your listeners will know all about. Um, you know, and that's why I think outdoor really works well when you're an outdoor or you're a fashion brand, you, yes. you know, you can really have that repetition. You can really get, you know, huge, um, billboards over an extended period of time, you know, mm. um, for your average music campaign that has, you know, a, I guess a, maybe a two week outdoor window. Um, maybe you'd run some single, you know, stuff around a single or a follow up single. It's quite a short period of time, you know, so it's difficult to spend to get awareness of your artist and build an audience with outdoor. I, in, in my view, sure. I think it's hard to like start from scratch, you know, you can't, you really got to be, all, but then if people see a poster that they care about, you know, they see an East Tumor poster on the street. And they know he's tumor. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh shit, he's tumor. Yeah, something you know. Um, and you know, there's a few exceptions to that. You know, when there's when you genuinely creating something so crazy and fun that captivates people's interest, maybe you can get a little bit of excitement um, around a particular project through an outdoor. Um, placement you know yeah um yeah. that might be unique you know i mean like there's people that have done you know um i think maybe you're referencing this but things like projections on buildings yes. and stuff like yeah. that yeah um you know th- those can mean something um but then once they're done a few times they sort of they don't really capture that i completely agree anyway um so then you think you know, would people really care if it wasn't a band that they oh, right. knew already? Right. Um, you know, even, I mean, one of the things we did that people still bring up to me all the time is, is the, um, a blimp, an Apex <laughs> twin blimp. Right. Um, yeah. That we flew over London. The green um, one. When he came back. Yeah, the green one, yeah. the Syro. And, and that was so much fun. And we were, we were just like, we were, <laughs> again, you know, Richard gave us a little few hints and we were like, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> we want one kind of statement thing that just feels just so stupid and, yeah. and fun. Um, but you could never do great, that again. Then, no, we couldn't do it again. And also, you know, dare I say, if it wasn't for Apex Twin, would people really have cared if yes. there was a green limp flying around? Yes. You know, I'm not, 
I'm not really sure. I think that only worked because it fitted with the artist's kind of personality and, and, you know, it was a comeback, not released an album for 10 years or so, something like that yeah. before that time. So there was a lot of anticipation. So it, it fitted with, with the story, you know, and he's so that's kind of what made that work. He's kind of been known for that too. Just some of that, those outdoor little surprises. I think even since oh, yeah. then too. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, and it fits, you know, yeah, totally fits. So I, th- I think it's interesting because I think when, when there's an artist that, that people are aware of, you know, it can be really good because it can, you know, it's, it, it, it can, you know, elevate the artist, build, build um, recognition for it. And, you know, in, in the fragmented space, it's increasingly hard to reach, reach an audience over yeah. a sustained period of time. So, so, you know, it can do all of that. Um, but I wouldn't say, I, I mean, if people are feeling the pressure to, to get, do outdoor in any circumstance, you know, I think there needs to be a lot of groundwork that happens before outdoor, in my opinion, is, sure. is, is value for money and, and, and value for that artist project. But You know, it's funny because I think what I like about outdoor is the analog nature and and kind of the juxtaposition of of everybody learning things on Twitter and Instagram. But the funny thing is, is when somebody uses outdoor, and and the examples I can think of recently would be just in in posters, like posting up posters around town, would be Coldplay a few years ago. The first uh, sighting was they did it somewhere. Uh, The National did it just a couple of months ago with a single and what i'm kind of wondering is the, the the ironic thing is and i do love that analog component to it but the ironic thing is that we all still learn about it through social media unless <laughs> unless you're the one who walks by it we're all still just seeing a picture of a billboard on twitter <laughs> yeah yeah totally i mean i remember i remember a time you know when i first started working directly in music i remember um you know, people used to get, I mean, because obviously you can tell I live in, I'm in, based in New York now, but I used to, um, you can probably tell I'm, I'm from London originally. <laughs> right. And, um, and <laughs> I remember, you know, that early phase of me being, being there, people in, across labels, you know, not just walk, but, you know, you'd, you'd actually book a billboard outside of Radio One or, right. you know, I, I don't think, I can't, don't think we ever did anything quite like this, but I'm definitely aware of people booking billboards you know, outside a particular Radio One DJs on, you know, on their street, you know, <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm aware of things like that happening. Yeah. People used to really target media and they used to Smart. be, they used to say like, oh, you know, out, it made sense in the context of that time. It made sense because you're trying to project to, to the kind of media gatekeepers that you've got something yeah. that's scale and big and people care about, you know, nowadays there's so many other things that people look at, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think people can kind of call bullshit on that kind of stuff yeah. a little bit in a yeah. way that they wouldn't have done previously. Yeah. Um, which is, which is great in, in so many ways. It's like really democratizing in, in certain ways. Um, well, certainly in that project, I mean, the landscape now is less democratizing in other ways, but, but, you know, in those kind of things, you know, it is much more accessible to people, you know, that they can, that they can drive good numbers and things. And although I, the, 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 
I, I think you've now got our our audience like Google mapping to see if there's a billboard outside of the pitchfork <laughs> offices. <laughs> well, maybe maybe that still exists. Maybe people still, yeah. still do that. You know, I mean, I'm sure I, I would imagine you know radio gatekeepers is still is still really the area because it's probably the the key area that that there are still still gatekeepers. You know, in in sure. many territories. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and you know, but obviously there are there are others too. But um, but yeah, I mean, I don't mean to digress on that, but it's, it's more <laughs> more's the point is like I just think outdoor works in the context of of of, of everything else that's happening at that time, mm. you know, and and you know what fans are looking for and where they are, you know, there's simple things like the neighbourhoods, you know, the, the neighbourhoods you would advertise in London are not the same today as they would have been ten years ago or twenty years ago or thirty oh, yeah. years ago, yeah. you know, that yeah. would be, and that's a really simple example, but. I think, I think the logic is still there. You know, it's got it, it, it's got to contribute to a bigger a, a bigger story, a bigger campaign. If you if you're a really well known artist, you know that visibility can be really impactful, really effective because your goal is really to make sure that people know you, that know you as an artist, know that you have an album coming out. And right. in that in those situations, super super powerful. You know, for a smaller artists maybe might be developing you know i don't think an outdoor campaign can really it's too noisy i don't think yeah, that in itself yeah, yeah. kind of creates a, what a ab- fan base you know what about like in real life marketing how did like and and let's um shift from talking about apex twin to maybe an artist that you're trying to break that you don't think is a household name what role does uh not necessarily like billboards but 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 um mailings or flyers or anything offline does that play a role for you um interesting that's an interesting question i mean flyering we're not really doing much now you know i mean there's you know environmental concerns yeah and, yep. and around those kind of things and just making stuff yeah you know that sure. doesn't really have any worth <laughs> at the end of the sure. day yeah but then you know i i'm slightly conflicted about it because you know i still have i mean i've still got a shoebox of tickets and flyers that i picked <laughs> up when i was growing up right from shoes. yeah but yeah. i shipped over from london when i moved to new york <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like you know this this stuff that's still at my family home but like yeah <laughs> that's yeah, street- not one of them you know yeah it's I, but you know i don't know like i think that those things do still have value um, and it's hard to put a value on i think i think one thing that you're hitting on and i don't really have any answers around this but I think it's a really interesting question for marketing in general in the digital age that, you know, the way that digital marketing and promotion is so measurable and offline physical marketing is not always as measurable, Mm. you know, aside from, you know, album sales, ticket sales, you know, (laughs) seeing if there's a big crowd or a small crowd, you know, it's not as measurable. And that I think that there's a little bit of a movement towards things that are measurable because mm. they're provable, but that doesn't necessarily, I don't think that that means they're better <laughs> right? or necessarily more effective. And also, you know, a lot of the digital metrics that people look at, you know, are they really valuable? Right. You know, 
I mean, take a Spotify stream, for example, you know, that's very different if that's coming from an artist feed or, or the artist's um, uh, profile page, I mean, say, as one of their top tracks, or it's different if that play has come because it's track six on an album that they've listened the whole way through Okay. versus someone who's just heard it on an algorithmic playlist. Right. Or because There's a lot of different interactions that lead to that single stream. So it's difficult to even really, I know that there's stats there that mm -hmm. you can access, but it's, I think it can be, it can sometimes be a bit misleading that a digital ad is more impactful than a, a billboard just because you can see the stats on a digital ad and you can't see the stats on a, on a, on a billboard. It's not always true. And I'm, I, I am quite interested in, you know, the areas that you're talking about, the flyering and things. I mean, I went to a show the other day, actually, and I saw, you know, a printed up poster that the album's coming out, you know, and it was really, really um, lo-fi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lo-fi. <laughs> well, <laughs> a black and white photocopy of the copy of the artwork and, you know, Out Friday or something. It wasn't a warp band, I, I, I had to, um, <laughs> but it was kind of cool. I hadn't seen that for a while and I kind of liked it. Yeah, know? it's weird, um, eh? It's nostalgic. Yeah, people take those, you know, they're good souvenirs and things like that, you know. Well, you um, would know you would know this. I mean, in marketing there is some sort of like study about touch points, right? Like you need seven or eight touch points or something like that. And so I mean, you can't like you said, yeah. you can't measure that flyer, the impact that that flyer has, but it could be one of those touch points in addition to a Spotify playlist or a tweet. Definitely. Yeah, and you want you know, at the end of the day, you know, you might be able to track a click from a particular social media post or a, or a digital ad, for example. Um, but you don't know all the touch points that have led to that click happening. Yeah. Um, and you can't know that. You can't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just can't know that. So, but I think I see sometimes that people looking at, you know that and they they look at all the digital things that have led to that click you know sure but not necessarily alongside the others there's kind of there's ways that you can try and get a little bit of an understanding like say you know like you could compare tour markets against non-tour markets you know yeah yeah and because the artist is in a particular city but not another one you can kind of compare those two see if they've changed there's ways you can do it, but it's sure. always a very imprecise science, you know, and, and you could spend all day looking at that <laughs> kind of stuff and it's really um, I'm, need I'm, you over. No, that's that's a good point. I, I'm running out of time, but I want to ask you, sure. what kind of lead time are you working with for planning <laughs> these campaigns? I know that vinyl manufacturing has made things longer than normal, but normal normally, like on a normal thing, how, how long do you like to have from start of planning and until release day? Um, I mean, we like to have longer, you know, I sure. think, I think you, you want to have a, enough time, you know, it, I'd, I'd say it's always optimal. We'd, optim we'd love releases to come out digitally and physically on the same, same day, sure. wherever we can, you know, for the, in the majority of cases, there are a few, you know, maybe developing cases where, where that, you, you know, we might have a different strategy there, Yeah, but you know, in the general, so 
in general, in line with, with vinyl timelines is quite good because the vinyl timelines are so long now that they do give us time right. to create assets. Create. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that can be good. You know, you sometimes we have literally days to plan a drop. Wow. Um, so, you know, when that's important, you know, if say the album's coming alongside a tour that, that you know, or, I don't know, like a, a film premiere or, sure. or something related, you know, we might feel that that's the most important thing. And, and if the, the artist wants that and, you know, the team, the team at Warp will collectively get together and discuss those kind of things and, and um, come up with strategies around them. So, you know, you want to keep, you also want to keep the artists interested, mm-hmm. you know, and I think when the longer time, you know, the fact of the matter is we are in, in, you know, a fast moving world and, you know, artists in the entire time that I've worked in music, you know, way before, you know, the, you know, the streaming era and the social media era, but the, the artists always got bored of the album by the time it came out, you know, cause they're, they're about creation. They're about the, the act of creation and putting it together. And but you don't, you know, I think now when the artist needs to be so engaged and, and, you know, it's not the kind of pop model where you yeah. sort of force the artist to promote a record. <laughs> sure. You know, so y- you want to keep the art, you want to release the al- album on a time scale that keeps the artist engaged and excited about it. And so I, I don't think you want to make it too long. Yeah, because you, know? you don't want I mean, them working on another record and excited about the next record. Well, yeah, and you want them, you know, when they're talking to people about it, you want them to be in that headspace, you yeah, know, or yeah. they want to be in that headspace. Or, you know, and, and just because so much comes from the artists now with social media, so much of the communication comes from them. And if they're bored of it or they're onto a different thing, they're not going to communicate in the way, you know, they're still obviously going to be excited about it. Yeah. It's still their, their baby, their work, you know. Um, what, what are your thoughts on surprise but, drops? Is that still happening? I think surprise drops can be great, you know, when they have a, have a reason of being, I'm not, I'm, I'm really, I'm not generally a fan of something is good or bad. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, you know, I think like things, if things have a reason and that's the right reason, then fantastic. And then it's about, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, just delivering them as well as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's, I, I think surprise drops can be fantastic. They can be really exciting. Yeah. There's limitations to surprise drops um, that you need to go in with your eyes open, you know, and there can be benefits to having a build on a project um, sure. that is more appropriate in certain circumstances. But then, you know, when surprise drops can be great, they can be really exciting, they can be really vibey, they can be fun for people because it feels really dynamic. Um, well, you know, a, so they can work right in a way. The artificial intelligence that came out, well, as we're recording this, like yeah. yesterday, that was a, sort of a surprise drop, wasn't it? Like, I mean, it's coming out in in a couple of weeks. Like, it'll be available in a couple of weeks, and it. I, I thought that might have been a surprise that that was getting reprinted. Does that sort of fall under that category? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in a way, in a way, that's quite a good example because you. Again, it goes back a little bit back to what we were talking about with the outdoor, but, you know, artificial intelligence is a really, really famous compilation. You mm-hmm. know, it's a compilation that sort of was era-defining, um, 
you know, a whole wave of music defining. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at the artists on that record, I mean, it's staggering. You know, if you think that's 30 years old now, <laughs> you know, and some yeah. of those, uh, uh, most of those artists on there, honestly, but, you know, are still not just making music today, but are completely vital sure. uh, musicians. You know, they are still some of the more innovative, you know, people like Ortec are just, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm such a fanboy of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked with them for so long and, and, you know, the fact that they're, you know, still just staggeringly, staggeringly innovative and singular mm -hmm. 30 years after that compilation, compilation is just mind blowing. And, um, you know, so I think that they, there's a real, uh, there's an existing awareness for that compilation, you know, so you don't really, we don't really need to yeah, build, build, it build it up. up. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, build the awareness over time. You know, same with a Radiohead surprise drop or, yeah, or yeah. something, you know. Um, I think when you're, when you're working with any particular artist, I think it's important to just keep the audience guessing, keep the audience on their toes, you know, like keep, keep things dynamic between them and the audience. Because, you know, as much as with a label, you know, our artists have very unique audiences. We work with very different people. Um, and there's always that kind of, it's like the Venn diagram of audiences and there's always that central community that really love, you know, boundary pushing, experimental, you know, yeah. your art um, musicians, you know, so there's always that, but then there's always those other surrounding audiences that are very, very different. Um, and, you know, you, you, you can't like, it's not one size fits all. So you've, got to be kind of sensitive to that and try and try and keep those people guessing as much as you can mm. over time, you know, keep, keep things moving, keep things feeling fresh and yeah. um, keep them, you know, engaged really over yeah. time. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good example of something which doesn't really need too much of a lead time. And we want to make sure, I mean, obviously a key part of marketing of course is the retail side. And, you know, we know that this is going to be a big, big, a good release for indie retail as well. So we want to, you know, the timeline, we want to make sure that there's enough time for indies to, to order it. And, oh, that's a good point. And get all the, yeah. those kind of things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of hit on that sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there's no need to make that three months. I mean, no one wants to wait four months to get it in the post, do they really? Right. You know? Yeah. And that's become mm -hmm. a big, big issue too. So I think part of the surprise and for the past couple of years has been when you announce an album, oh, and by the way, we have the records in, in, in house, like we're ready to ship them as soon as you order it. That to me is a surprise because other times it's announce a new album and you know, it'll July, you'll be getting the record. Yeah, that's, it's really cool. I mean, it's just harder to do that with on a general release situation mm -hmm. because you know, there's a lot of, and, you know, we'll, we'll try to do things on general release as much as we can, you know, make sure that we're supporting the, the independent, um, independent stores and, and our distributors and, and everything as much as we can, you know, cause, cause that's a really core cool part of, you know, the independent music community, the people that work really hard for independent music, for all music, you know, yeah. but they create that. A community that that brings new people into it, brings new new music buyers, music fans into into it. You know, it's not all on social media, and 
So I think we, we always strive to support that as much as we can and when, when we're able to, to marry alongside any kind of artistic concerns that, mm-hmm. that any project might have. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think that's always fun, but, you know, there's, there's to have it available straight away and, yeah. you know, I, 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 like have it available to pre-order, but, you know, there's, there's a certain amount. I mean, to get that album into actually into record stores, you know, there's obviously that record yeah, goes true. into distribution. It sits in a warehouse for a while, you know, which adds potential for an album to leak. So right. for, a, for an artist, you know, a really high profile artist where that's really important to yeah. avoid that, you know, that can be something that you don't want to do. And as soon as those albums hit a warehouse, you know, that someone's going to write about it or tweet about it or put it on a message board, you know, yeah. Yeah. So there's certain limitations, um, generally things, but you know, I agree with you. I mean, that it's, it's a great, it's a great experience for, for the fan, for the fans yeah. to be able to yeah. you know see that and, and get it. And, you know, sometimes we can't quite deliver that optimal experience, but we can try to get, you know, a sweet spot that <laughs> is, is, is cool sure. for, for them, you know, um, as much as we can. That's awesome. Yeah. Listen, this has been, Stephen, thank you so much. This has been incredible wisdom for our audience and, and such a cool insights into how you guys operate at Warp. And, and I mean, Warp is just like right at the top of of all of us uh you know striving to to emulate these indie labels that that we admire so thank you so much for doing this yeah and i really appreciate that and appreciate all the support we get from the community and and you know shouts to the team here because you know we wouldn't be anything for it without the people Mm -hmm. here that bring so much like energy and 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 drive into what they do so Big up to the team and the artists. And, and yeah, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Well, thank you all for listening. And thanks for Stephen for chatting with us and giving us a behind the scenes look into marketing uh, for an incredible label like Warp. I know, I mean, listen, you can scroll through Warp and you go, oh my gosh, that's iconic. That's iconic. That's iconic. I know a lot of our listeners are going to be thrilled to to get to hear from this label, uh, probably the favorite label of a lot of our listeners. And so so excited to have them catch up with all of our episodes from our series on marketing that we did last month by going to otherrecordlabels.com slash marketing. And remember, if you or someone you love is thinking about starting a record label, make sure you check out our new merch at otherrecordlabels.com slash merch and ask your doctor if starting a record label is right for you. 